Let's talk about some outside-the-box cancer therapies with a leading doctor. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Hey, friends, we have a very special and unique show today on the line of fire. In, in fact, in 10 years of live daily radio, five days a week, I believe this is the, the first time we have focused on this subject in this way. So this could literally be the difference between life and death for many of you listening, watching to this interview I'm speaking today with Dr. Mark Stengler. Mark and I have become personal friends in the last, oh, year and a half or so. Uh, he is a gifted, well-respected doctor, the author or co-author of more than 30 books, some of them which are looked at as the Bible of their particular area. And the newest book, co-authored with Dr. Paul Anderson, Outside the Box Cancer Therapies, Alternative Therapies that Treat and Prevent Cancer. So just a little from the bio. Dr. Mark Stengler is a naturopathic medical doctor who is in private practice in Encinitas, California. He's the best-selling author of more than 30 books, including Prescription for Natural Cures and the Natural Physicians Healing Therapies. Dr. Stengler is the author of Health Revelations, one of America's most popular health newsletters. He has an expertise in combining the best of conventional and natural medicine for his patients and readers. I visited his clinic to get blood tests done for my annual physical earlier this year. And instead of the normal one-page report, I got a 17-page report that Dr. Stengler had to talk my wife Nancy and I through over the phone to explain what it was all about. So this is a man who knows his stuff, and we're thrilled to have him on the air to talk about a tremendously sensitive subject, namely potential cures for cancer. Dr. Stengler, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Michael. Great to be with you. All right. So, so Mark, for those who don't know you, uh, toot your horn for a minute. Why should we listen to you? Who, who are you? What's your background? Who does listen to you? Sure. Well, I've been practiced for about 22 years now. I have a family practice where I see all the common things. I've written, like you said, over 30 books in regards to different health topics, especially in the field of what you'd call alternative and complementary medicine. I prefer the term integrative medicine because in my practice, with my training, having been trained both conventional medicine and natural medicine, I integrate the two, as an increasing amount of doctors across the country and the world are doing, because there's uh, many advantages to that. Mm -hmm. So in my practice, I'll use lab tests, physical exams, uh, obviously uh, talk to the patient, get their symptoms, examine them. And, um, and then what I try to do with patients, try and find out what the root cause or causes of why they have an illness, or to try and prevent illness in the first place, which is the best way to do things. And then I try and focus on using more nutritional and holistic treatments whenever possible. Now, being an integrative medicine, we use pharmaceutical medications when need be, refer for surgery, refer to specialists, you know, work with oncologists and people have cancer. But this field of integrative medicine, in my opinion, makes the most sense. You're getting the best of both worlds in a responsible manner. Uh, I've been on a committee with uh, Yale University on a complementary medicine outcomes project. I was a resource for them. And uh, I think, as you mentioned, my Health Revelations newsletter, which goes out once a month, I think it's one of the most widely read health newsletters in the country, 
It's actually spread to other countries as well. So my passion has always been trying to use more holistic techniques to prevent and treat disease. I've been into nutrition since I was a kid, involved in athletics, and that's been my passion. So I see a wide variety of patients at my clinic, wide variety of conditions. But over the years, an increasing number of people with cancer have come into my clinic wanting help. Uh, maybe they are going through chemotherapy, radiation, trying to heal from surgery. Maybe they have a history of cancer and they want to reduce their likelihood of getting cancer in the future. So on a daily basis, uh, myself and, and another doctor works with me at the clinic. We help people with these issues using the most cutting-edge techniques in both uh, conventional and natural medicine, using this integrative medicine. And so important because, you know, Michael, 40% of people in their lifetime will be diagnosed with some form of cancer. Mm. It's almost overcome the number one uh, killer in our country. It almost has overcome cardiovascular disease. So it's it's a very serious thing. It's a very complex disease. And uh, people need a lot of help out there. Now, Mark, when, when you mention natural cures or, or holistic treatments, a lot of people have no idea what you're talking about, and they think, well, is this like a New Age crystal or, or some Native American, you know, you smoke a pipe and you, you know, they, I mean, they have no idea when they hear that they, they think New Age and strange customs and things like that. But, but you're talking about other ways to look at health aside from just medication. You know, normally you go into a doctor, you've got high blood pressure. Okay, we're going to put you on high blood pressure medication. That might be the last thing you look to do if you're treating that person. Yeah, that's a good point. So what we use in our clinic, what I use is evidence-based medicine. So that could be regular medicine like medications, pharmaceutical drugs, but it also could be nutritional approaches. So, for example, I mean, it's not really debatable anymore. We have tens and tens of thousands of studies showing certain nutritional approaches, diets, certain nutritional supplements. Uh, maybe it's, you know, chiropractic, uh, body work, um, helping people deal with stress. At our clinic, we do intravenous nutrient therapies where we put nutrients in the body intravenously, get a much more therapeutic effect. A wide variety of different natural therapies we use, but they're evidence-based. I mean, these are based on research. Mm -hmm. uh, just like when I became a Christian, to me, a lot of it was based on evidence, you know, looking at the evidence, which I looked at for years. Uh, historical evidence, uh, the eyewitnesses, the manuscript evidence, the archaeological evidence, um, different types of evidences. So the same thing for me in medicine. I, I take these things very serious. I'm actually, in my field, I'm considered actually very mainstream. I'm not into new age medicine and that type of philosophy. So uh, evidence-based medicines, a wide range of nutritional and natural approaches. All right. When we hear the word cancer, it tends to send fear into people. You go to the doctor, and that's the one thing you don't want to hear. What, what is cancer, and why is it so frightful? Well, cancer really is a complex disease, or diseases, if you will. It simply is the uncontrolled division of cells, which then spreads into tissue. And there's different types of cancers. I'm oversimplifying it. You can have uh, cancers where you get tumors. You can get blood cancers, which is a little bit different. But essentially, it's an uncontrolled division of cells, which then invades uh, different tissues. And ultimately, you know, the worst problem is when it invades uh, vital organs, whether it be your brain, your heart, your liver, your kidneys, and things like that. So it's the uncontrolled division of cells. And our body is designed, obviously, to be able to replicate our cells on an ongoing basis. Most of the tissues in our body, not all, replace the cells over time on an ongoing basis. And when there's problems with the cell division, which is very complex, actually, another great argument for design, um, 
things like cancer can arise. And so there's a lot of fear and it's, you know, it, it can be, it can be a tough disease to treat. I'm not trying to oversimplify. It can be very, very difficult to treat. But what we work with patients is using integrative medicine. There are certain types of cancers where people need very aggressive conventional treatment, but they can get better outcomes by incorporating our nutritional treatments along with that. Then there are other certain cancers which just have not shown in studies to respond well to conventional treatment. Take pancreatic cancer, for example. It has a terrible track record with conventional treatment. Uh, these people may be better off just doing a very precise uh, supervised treatment with more natural therapies. So, uh, again, it's all evidence-based, and it depends what's going on with a person. All right. So the book, Outside the Box, Cancer Therapies, Dr. Mark Stengler and Dr. Paul Anderson, Alternative Therapies that Treat and Prevent Cancer. And, Mark, we've got, oh, about four minutes in this segment. Uh, I want to make sure we cover this. Obviously, we're thankful for everything medical science can do and every effort to cure cancer. We, we know that people are working around the clock looking for better approaches to treating cancer. But what falls short with our current treatments, mainly chemotherapy and radiation? Again, thankful for all the good doctors do and whatever extension of life people can get, that's wonderful. But what falls short with these therapies? Well, quite a bit. I mean, recent research has shown that there's a very high relapse rate for people who have a history of cancer. It can be as high as 75%. So unfortunately, a lot of the treatments in conventional medicine for cancer are not curative. Uh, now, obviously, some people, quote, are cured, which could be defined as not having a you know, relapse or remission of your cancer five years or longer. But it's a very high relapse rate. And I think one of the reasons for that is the treatments aren't getting at the root cause, the triggers as to why you're getting a cell division. If you don't treat things like the toxins in the body, the nutritional status of a person, their stress levels, you're not treating the underlying root causes, what's creating this inflammatory response or these initiation factors of cancer, which, by the way, the things I just mentioned are well accepted in, in conventional oncology, in, in cancer therapy. So the other main thing people come to us for is Getting chemotherapy and radiation, of course, can have a whole host of different side effects, you know, fatigue, hair loss, pain, depression, fatigue, you know, fatigue is a very common one. So we have well-studied nutritional treatments that have been shown to reduce the side effects of chemotherapy and radiation. And unfortunately, your typical oncologist just doesn't offer these treatments to their, to their patients. And people suffer more than what they should, in my opinion, because, again, we have the research, the published studies showing you can help people minimize or reduce these very common side effects. You know, I remember how we connected. I was speaking at an Israel conference at a church in California, and every day someone else was responsible for 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 uh, hosting me or for meals. And, <clears throat> of course, I eat this totally healthy life, uh, lifestyle, and I live this totally healthy lifestyle for the last four years. And uh, you had brought some salads for me. In fact, I overdid it. It probably would have taken me about a week to eat everything you brought me. But we began talking about nutrition, about these things. And then, then I saw your heart for the Lord, your heart for the lost. And so we had an immediate connection there. But, you know, when I used to fast, I get terrible headaches and go through all these miserable experiences. And I thought that's just what happens when you fast. Well, that's what happens when you fast and you have a miserable diet. And, and when you're eating healthily, everything changes. So you're even saying that some of the side effects of chemotherapy or radiation, if they were, if they were looked at in a more nutritional way or holistic way, people could be helped. All right, friends, we come back. We're going to start to get into some of these outside-the-box cancer therapies. 
Again, that's the name of the book, Outside the Box, Cancer Therapies, co-authored by Dr. Mark Stengler, who's with me, and Dr. Paul Anderson. And I'm looking at the endorsements in, in the front, and it's it's quite a few prominent people, uh, you know, with with a lot of stature endorsing the book. And then just to give you an idea of some of the chapters, A Real Hope with Integrative Oncology, Root Causes of Cancer, Contrasting Conventional and Integrative Oncology, Understanding Conventional Therapies, Foods that Prevent and Fight Cancer, Supplements for Treating and Preventing Cancer, Intravenous and Injection Therapies, Protection and Recovery from Surgery, Chemotherapy and Radiation, Common Cancers and Integrative Approaches, and Other Alternative Therapies for Cancer. And I'm looking at the end notes start on page 251 and, and end around page 328. So this is annotated, well-researched, but present it in such a way you'll be able to read it and learn from it. Be right back. God of light, hear our cry. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Hey, friends. I'm speaking today with Dr. Mark Stengler. He is a sterling witness of the Christian faith, out sharing the gospel with the lost on a regular basis. But he is a leading doctor, holistic and integrative medicine, and well-known in his field. The author, a co-author of more than 30 books, his most recent book, together with Dr. Paul Anderson, Outside the Box, Cancer Therapies. All right, Mark, again, folks need to get the book to dive into everything, but let's just give an overview. Someone comes in, they, they have cancer, maybe they're, they're 50 years old, and the doctors say, okay, with, with chemotherapy and surgery, you know, we might be able to extend your life for another five years. They come in to see you, and obviously they're many different types of cancer. But once once you've analyzed what their situation is, what type of cancers respond best to just a massive nutritional overhaul in someone's life? Well, in general, I'd say most cancers do. Now, that doesn't mean we add our treatments in and the person is cured, of course. But for, at our clinic, we see a lot of people with the most common kinds of cancers, uh, lung cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, you know, we see people sometimes with lymphoma and leukemia and things like that, too. Those are most common type. Occasionally, you see people with brain cancer. It really doesn't change the treatment a whole lot, although we do talk in our book about specific nutritional supplements, which have human studies on very specific types of cancers. So while in holistic medicine, we may do the general things, improve the diet, reduce the stress, detoxification, uh, immune boosters, things like this, there are specific supplements we can talk about later which have been actually studied for specific types of cancers and have shown in human research to have good outcomes. But what I would do with a patient, come in, see what the kind of cancer they have, see what kind of conventional treatment they're undergoing. The vast majority of patients we see, 95% uh, plus, are undergoing some kind of conventional treatment, chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, maybe immunotherapy, or a combination thereof. And so what we do with these patients first is we help them to offset as best we can the side effects of the treatments they're undergoing. So let's say they're undergoing chemotherapy, for example. We want to work with them on their diet. Um, we want to work with them on their hydration. We want to use nutritional supplements, which have been shown to help maintain healthy white blood cells, 
help prevent a drop in the red blood cells. These things are very common when you get chemotherapy. We have got good human data showing you can do that to some extent. Uh, support the organs of detoxification, again, with diet, nutritional supplements, sometimes sauna therapy. And then we incorporate things like intravenous vitamin C therapy. We have very good published data now in mainstream medical journals showing that when patients undergo, undergo high doses of intravenous vitamin C, when they're undergoing chemotherapy or radiation, they actually have lower side effects. They have less fatigue, they have less pain, they have less nausea and vomiting, um, uh, less depression, less anxiety. Many published studies now have demonstrated this, and unfortunately, it's just not mainstream in medicine yet. Actually, my co-author, Dr. Paul Anderson, has uh, completed some of these studies funded by the National Institutes of Health, you know, very mainstream. And so we incorporate these things to help them get through their treatments, to maximize the benefits of the treatment, to get a synergistic effect, also in a manner based on the studies that were not uh, interfering with the effects of those treatments. Oftentimes there's fears, well, if I incorporate, you know, this diet or supplements or intravenous vitamin C, will it hinder the effects of chemotherapy and radiation? Well, no. The published data is very, very clear. Not only does not hinder, but you have better quality of life scores and you have longer length of life scores compared, compared to conventional medicine alone. So this is you know, very exciting. That's why we get patients every week telling us their oncologists are quite surprised their side effects from their treatments aren't what they typically see with their patients. And then once they get through their treatments, then we're working long-term with them, more at those root causes we we're talking about. Because obviously, first, we have to get them through their conventional treatments with the least damage as possible and the best benefits as possible. And then we work at those root causes. You know, the main cause is really why people get cancer. If you look at the data very closely, even though a lot of people think in their mind, well, it's all based on genetics, that is not what the data shows. The data shows it's only a very small percent of cancers which are strongly genetically related. And yes, for some people, that is a main factor, but it's a very small percent. Take breast cancer, for example. Even to mainstream oncology, they will tell you 5% around, 10% at the highest of breast cancers are strongly genetically related. Well, then what's triggering this cancer? Well, that's where we got to work on the diet. Certainly, there's a tremendous amount of data in mainstream oncology showing that diet is a major predisposition to cancer. And that's been studied around the world. So we work with people on their diet, cleaning up their diet. We know stress is huge. There's been hundreds of published studies showing when people have at least perceived high levels of stress throughout time, it greatly increases the risk of cancer, as well as if they have cancer, their likelihood they're going to survive or not. That's been well published. Uh, the stress hormone cortisol is a major immune suppressant. It also initiates more cancer formation. Yeah, so, um, so, so, yeah. yeah, so so again, it is amazing to me, as I'm now four years into this journey of, of eating only healthily all the time, it's amazing to me at 63 how much younger I feel, how how much more vibrant I feel, how much stronger my immune system is, how things that I suffered with for years, constant backaches, constant headaches, disappear, don't need a breathing machine for, for sleep apnea anymore. And, and on and on. It's, it's remarkable. And, I, and I'm feeling, literally, as I'm getting older, that I'm getting younger, that my energy is increasing, that vibrancy is increasing, that mental sharpness is increasing, that, that when I get, if I get a cold, it's so minor now compared to what it used to be. And obviously, we're not invincible. But over a period of time, years and years and years, you see 
amazing benefits. So if someone's listening now, and let's say they, they don't have any cancer diagnosis or anything like that. Let's say someone 40 years old is listening. And they think, man, I've been eating unhealthy all my life. Is it too late to change things? Have I sowed too many bad seeds? What would you say to them? Well, no, absolutely. It's never too late. No matter what kind of condition you have, or if you want to reduce the risk of many of the chronic diseases, dietary changes uh, make a pronounced effect in, that ra- in a relatively short period of time. I mean, most people can also dramatic change in one to two weeks in terms of reducing serious disease risk, you know, you can actually do that within months to a year. Uh, if we think about it at a most basic level, our cells, our cells require proper nutrition to have the proper functioning structures. You know, and they've done in recent uh, years, they, there's this whole new field now called epigenetics. And what it basically tells you is the environment around us, and that includes the foods we eat, uh, our cell receptors are designed to interact with the things in our environment and our foods. And so they now have shown the things in our foods, the, the compounds in our foods, the phytochemicals, the phytonutrients is another term. They've been shown to be very effective in cancer prevention. They activate our immune system. They help to reduce inflammation. Uh, they help with normal cell division, for example. So without good nutrition, it is impossible to have good health. It's just too foundational. Mm, that That's simple. And... As, as far as other things that you've seen, uh, we just got, oh, three, four minutes to introduce this. Uh, some of the other things that you've seen are effective in helping prolong life or helping combat cancer. What would some of those other treatments be that you cover in your book, Outside the Box Cancer Therapies? Well, what a lot of people ask about is nutritional supplements. Are there any valid nutritional supplements? Obviously, there's a lot of junk out there on the Internet and things people can take for cancer and a lot of hoaxes. What we've done in our book and doing our practice, we use mainly supplements, nutritional supplements, which have good human data. Uh, not test tube studies, not studies done on mice, but actually human data. Uh, so, for example, one of the ones we use and talk a lot about is called Coriolis versicolor. Common name is turkey's tail. In Japan and China, it's used by, it's used by oncologists for 50% of all people with cancer. And this is a mushroom extract shown to greatly heighten the effects of the immune system. It activates the components of your immune system which attack and fight cancer cells like your natural killer cells. You know, Michael, it has more studies than almost all conventional cancer drugs. There's over 400 published studies on it. Mm. Like I said, it's considered a cancer drug in those countries. Here you can use it as a nutritional supplement because of its great safety profile. But just one example, people with history of colon cancer, they've done studies where people receive this, uh, this nutritional supplement and a group receives a placebo. When they track them over many years, those who took the supplement had half the uh, rates of relapse in their colon cancer than people who did not take it. So some of these things will be quite pronounced. Right. So again, friends, what you're hearing is stuff that you don't normally hear, but it is scientifically based and scientifically verified. All right. This is a big question, but we got to tackle it in, in a minute and a half. Uh, okay. Why is it that so many doctors don't talk to their patients. I mean, they're, they're hardworking. They want to see their patients get better, but they don't talk to them about these other things that seem to be so statistically, so scientifically proven. I think people just normally uh, talk about things they're familiar with. When you're in medical school, in conventional medical school, a lot of the training and the extra training actually is sponsored by drug companies. So they focus a lot on drugs. Doctors get very little training in nutrition, vitamins and minerals, other holistic healing techniques. It's slowly changing, but it's still a major problem. And it brings up the point with cancer. You know, Mayo 
clinic did a big study, and they found that people with cancer, almost 90% of them had used or were using one form of complementary and alternative medicine. Uh, when you look at the research, up to about 72% of people do not tell their oncologist or their family physician they're using these things like diet, vitamins and minerals, uh, probably because either they expect a negative reaction or their doctors just, you know, don't know anything about it. So it's a big problem in, in cancer treatment today. Got it. All right, friends, I, I want to continue this discussion with Dr. Mark Stengler. Uh, check out his many, many different books. He gave me a few when I was in California, and I had to find I, – I mean, I said I'm going to bring him back because I wanted to surprise Nancy because she, she studies a lot of these things, nutrition and medicine. But, I mean, these are big, big, fat books with, okay, here are different ways to treat basically all the sicknesses and common ailments that we have. So check out Mark Stengler, the new book, Outside the Box, Cancer Therapies. We will be right back and continue this discussion on the other side of the break. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us today on the Line of Fire. For those just tuning in, I am speaking with Dr. Mark Stengler, author or co-author of more than 30 books, the newest co-author with Dr. Paul Anderson, Outside the Box Cancer Therapies, Alternative Therapies that Treat and Prevent Cancer. Uh, Mark, you you come to this subject with a wide range of of educational background, practical experience, but also Christian faith. How much does the fact that God created us a certain way and made us to to live and thrive, and then put certain nutrients in in the world? How how much does that fuel? the fire of your thinking about what's best for the human race. Obviously, you can come to certain conclusions in a totally natural way without God, but when you put God in the midst of it, how clearly has he designed us to run well? Well, from the Christian Christian worldview, things make a lot of sense. You see the very complex design of the human body. Um, as a review, biology, for example, nutrition, to believe that these things would have this, this signaling uh, complexity um, in a uniform nature from random, you know, mutations and evolution, I mean, is, in my opinion, absurd. I mean, the complexity is unbelievable. Each mm -hmm. human cell is like a small American city in terms of the activity going on in it. Amazing. And the same with nutrition. We have all these compounds in, in plants, for example, and other foods which interact with our immune system directly or help with our normal cell division. So there's no way these things could happen by random chance. In my worldview, uh, the Christian worldview matches up to reality. We see a complex design human body, but because of the fall of man, when sin entered the world, it's not perfect, and that's why disease can, can set in. So you see this paradox in the human body. Uh, amazing, marvelous, complex design and function, but still, you know, everyone's going to die at some point because of the ramification of sin, and so it's not perfect. You know, we can break God's spiritual laws. We can also break his natural laws. And his natural laws in terms of not eating right, enough sleep, proper exercise, they had their detriments. And, um, you know, that's what that's what I see in medicine. But there's a lot to be hopeful for even in terms of cancer prevention and treatment. Even in mainstream oncology, they'll admit 
probably up to about 50% of cancers could be prevented effectively through proper diet and exercise. Um, I believe that number is probably a lot higher now. We probably It's probably more like 75 to 80% if you mm-hmm. do the things such as detoxification, I think prayer and stress reduction, uh, looking at environmental toxins more closely and protecting yourself. I think that number we can get closer to about 80%. Um, so that's what I that's what I see. And so what we do with patients is we control the things we can control. I mean, people can change their diet. People can exercise. I mean, exercise, for example, I just got to tell you this, Michael. They've done some recent studies on exercise in women with breast cancer. And they found that women that exercised at least 30 minutes with moderate intensity, at least five days a week, um, it reduced their mortality from breast cancer by 40 to 50 percent. Wow. I mean, there's there's no there's no drug or anything that can do that. In terms of men with prostate cancer, they found that men who had localized prostate cancer who did three or more hours of vigorous physical activity a week had a 49 percent lower risk of death from all causes and a 61 percent reduced risk of dying from prostate cancer. Um, so there's a lot people have control over they don't realize. All right, uh, let let me let me raise a a big issue here, and then I want to get back to to nutrition, exercise, and things like that, and the importance of it. Again, friends, I'm speaking with Dr. Mark Stengler, co-author with Dr. Paul Anderson of Outside the Box Cancer Therapies, alternative therapies that treat and prevent cancer. Uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, I can often be very naive and just assume that everybody just has the best interest of humanity in, in mind. And you forget that power and money do have corrupting effects. So you'll, you'll hear sometimes, and I don't know what to make of it. I don't have the, the background to process it properly. But someone will say that this was going to bring a real breakthrough in medicine and would eliminate a certain condition or cut it down drastically, but to get the drug passed and accepted as millions and millions of dollars, and then it's going to knock out this other drug, which is a major money-making drug, and therefore there's going to be resistance to it. In your view, does this stuff actually happen? Is it is it political, money-based as well? You know, I don't think it happens from the, the doctor level. I think doctors get a lot of their information, obviously, from the pharmaceutical companies and the research that they provide. And so, you know, if the research is biased or, let's say, overhyped, unfortunately, that, you know, turns out to give the doctor perhaps a skewed view of how effective the treatments are, any kind of pharmaceutical drugs. I can tell you this, in terms of cancer, uh, cancer drugs overall, they've been shown in general to help increase the length of life. Uh, they have not done a very good job in terms of quality of life, and they cer- certainly have been very, very disappointing in terms of curative effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that would be kind of a summary of what we see in, in the pharmaceutical industry in terms of cancer. So they've been a great disappointment in terms of curing cancer. Uh, certainly can have some benefit in extending life of cancer. Um, still have huge problems in terms of side effects. Of course, you know, one of the major side effects or, or most serious side effects of conventional treatments, whether it be radiation or chemotherapy, chemotherapy is cancer itself. You know, mm. uh, that is one of the side effects, potential side effects of chemotherapy and radiation is cancer itself. And it brings up this whole question in medicine, especially oncology, and that is quality of life. Uh, more doctors are recognizing now, as well as patients, it's always been the focus on length of life. Finally, medicine is focusing more on the quality of life. I mean, what good is it if you get an extra year of life, let's say, from some kind of conventional treatment, 
but you've been tortured the whole time from the side effects of that treatment. Mm. Uh, people have realized now that's not a good way to assess things. Certainly length of life should be a goal, but now there's a lot more focus, especially in the integrative doctors like myself, quality of life scores finally is getting some emphasis. And so um, that needs to be taken into account when people are deciding what kind of treatments they're going to do. Now, like I said, with the treatments we do and what the published studies show, if you are, as most people are, doing these conventional treatments, radiation, chemotherapy, surgery, immunotherapy, um, we can greatly reduce the side effect potential of those treatments. And so to me, it would not make sense at all for someone with cancer, for example, to not follow a nutritional or integrative approach combined with their conventional therapy. There's only upsides to it. And when, when you talk about preventing cancer, so there's preventing of the recurring of cancer through a healthy lifestyle. What about, and obviously there's someone listening, they lost a, a child to cancer, you know, a three-year-old child. They're thinking, what, what were we supposed to do with that? And how much was nutri- you're telling you stress, nutrition? So obviously we understand that this is not 100% of cases. And because you're a doctor, right. you're, you're dealing with pain and suffering day and night and having to tell people very difficult things day and night. So you of all people know the sensitivity of these issues, especially as a believer. But mm-hmm. let's say somebody starts off the newly married and they find out about healthy lifestyle healthy eating, importance of exercise, etc. Now they're going to raise their kids in this environment where this is what the kids get. Does that give them a massive head start on life health? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the things that people can control, I mean, they should be controlling uh, in diet, more of a plant-based diet, organic foods when possible, purified water, uh, teaching your kids when you're young, it's not a good idea to be consuming excess amounts of alcohol, which now even a drink a day is showing to be an increased risk of a variety of different types of cancers. For example, you know, the harmful effects of, say, smoking or vaping, um, being overweight. You know, one of the biggest risks for cancer, for a wide variety of cancers, is being obese, being overweight. Having diabetes or even pre-diabetes is a major risk factor for cancer, they now know. So, unfortunately, um, more than 50% of kids over there have, in America have a weight problem. And they're predisposed to prediabetes and diabetes, which not only is a huge problem in itself for things like cardiovascular disease and neuropathy and these serious types of things, but it increases your risk of cancer. Uh, doing prudent things when your kids are young, not getting excessive x-rays, for example. There's even studies out there now showing that children who get yearly dental x-rays, it's an increased risk for brain cancer. So being, uh, you know, wise in your use of just x-rays um, over a period of a lifetime can be very important. Uh, sunlight, both ways, is very important. You know, one of the things which which has been shown in a multitude of studies is vitamin D levels. We know people have a vitamin D level above 44. When you do a blood test, usually a reference range is 30 to 100. Above 44, it's protective against all types of cancers, prostate, breast, lung, colon cancer. Uh, 75% of people in America, kids and adults, have suboptimal or deficient vitamin D levels. Uh, 10 minutes of sunlight a day can make can do wonders for your vitamin D or vitamin D supplementation. Your doctor should be monitoring your, your uh, vitamin D levels just for good cancer prevention. Of course, excess sunlight, uh, skin damage. The number one cancer in America by far is uh, skin cancer. Over 5 million people a year diagnosed with some type of skin cancer. And so protecting the skin using proper uh, sunscreens and not getting excessive you know, sun exposure. All these types of things are 
very important. And then like we talked about exercise. Exercise has a pronounced effect on the immune system, probably because of its effect in reducing stress hormones, which at high levels suppress the immune system and lead to inflammation. So uh, the foundation of cancer generally is in these categories we just talked about. But going back to your initial point, I talk to patients all the time who live very healthy lifestyles. We have no idea why they got cancer, and so we don't beat people up about it. Right. We always review these things to try and help prevent things in the future, but I, I run into patients all the time. We have no idea why they got cancer. There's things out of our control. Maybe you grew up in a home uh, where there was lead in, in your pipes, and you're drinking water like everybody else. You know, It wasn't filtered in the past, and you got high lead levels. Um, I mean, who knows where you got these things from? Arsenic from certain chemicals. All these things can cause cancer over time. So, you know, we don't always know, so we do the best we can. And what I tell my patients uh, from any background is I do the best I can, you do the best you can, and ultimately we, we leave the results up to God. Right, and of course you factor in prayer with all of that as well. Right. All right. We've got uh, one more segment, and, and I want to ask some specific nutritional questions when we come back. But when when God helped me make a radical lifestyle change four years ago. My wife, Nancy, and I talk about it in our book, Breaking the Stronghold of Food. I remember saying to myself, I'm in relatively good health, and yet I eat miserably. I have a terrible diet as far as my daily nutrition. And and I thought to myself, you know, how many beats does this heart have? And, and am I abusing the health that God's given me? Now, my health now compared to four years ago is, is night and day. I mean, you can't can't even compare them. Hard to find categories in which to compare them. But God has made us marvelously, amazingly. And obviously there are things out of our control, but to the extent we cooperate with the Lord and live in accordance with his principles and the things he's put into this world for us, it's amazing how blessed we can be with vibrant healing and health. All right, we'll be right back with Dr. Mark Stanker. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. Michael Brown with my friend, Dr. Mark Stengler. His new book with Dr. Paul Anderson, Outside the Box, Cancer Therapies, Alternative Therapies that Treat and Prevent Cancer. Uh, Mark, we've talked a lot about nutrition, and we followed the guidelines of Dr. Joel Furman and his books eat to live, end of dieting. And he emphasizes uh, on a daily basis, G-bombs. That's the acronym, greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, seeds. And Nancy was the one in our family that read incessantly on nutrition and finally found things that made sense uh, when she read Dr. Furman. And as we've implemented them, we've seen tremendous changes. I read a little, but, you know, just reading about in tomatoes, the 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 chemical, the phytochemicals, whatever it is, and, and how this fights cancer and different things like that. So let's, let's break these down. Uh, mushrooms, berries, seeds, pick out any of these and, and tell us about the health benefits. And then I'll come back after that and ask you about sugar, stuff, you know, chocolate and stuff I used to eat. So pick out a few things that are common that all of us can find and eat and why they're so beneficial. Well, sure. When you look at a lot of the plant foods, and it is one of the commonalities you'll find in research throughout the world, which, by the way, we went through research in our book, which um, combined over 7,000 scientific studies done around the world in Mm. regards to diet and cancer. 
Um, so it's very interesting. But in the plant foods especially, you have a lot of anti-inflammatory compounds, which we do list in the book. So if you look at things like grapes, for example, and other fruits, they're very high in what are called flavonoids, which are anti-inflammatory. Now, one of the agreed-upon factors in cancer, as with most chronic diseases, you have an inflammation state setting up in the cells and the tissues. And when this inflammation sets in, you get abnormal messaging and cell division. So anything in the diet which can reduce inflammation, which is a whole host of different plant foods, um, is powerful in cancer protection. Uh, another example, like you brought up, would be tomatoes. Tomatoes are very high in a carotenoid called lycopene. And lycopene is very anti-inflammatory, especially for, studies show, the prostate in men. Uh, greens, most of your green vegetables are, are very high in vitamin K. And a number of studies have shown that vitamin K, especially vitamin uh, K1 and K2, are anti-cancer. So people who consume more green foods rich in vitamin K are much more likely to um, what lowers the risk of, of different types of cancer. So honestly, there's hundreds of different phytonutrients in plant foods which have been shown to have anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer effects. So getting the nuts and seeds, the green vegetables, actually all the colored vegetables, we don't want to limit to just the greens, although we hear a lot about greens. The more colored a vegetable is, typically the higher it is in these flavonoids and these pigments these phytonutrients, which are anti-inflammatory and fight heart disease and cancer. So we like people, certainly, most people we see need to boost up on the plant foods in their diet. Mm -hmm. um, but there is some commonalities of what they have found in, in these, you know, these studies done around the world, these 7,000 studies. We know foods that have excess salt um, increase the risk of stomach cancer. We talked about alcohol consumption. Recent data has shown even one drink a day increases your risk of all certain different types of cancer. Uh, the big one that comes up a lot, I'm sure you know about, is processed meats, increased uh, cancer risk of the bowel and stomach. So things like bacon, salami, and ham. Um, but here's the one thing with plant foods people should be aware of. Uh, when they're eating processed grains, which has a high glycemic index, meaning it spikes your blood sugar and insulin levels, those are actually a, a cancer risk, these studies show. And so you've got to be careful with the grains in the diet, especially the processed, you know, white breads and pastas and crackers and things like that, mm. even though they're, quote, from plants. When they're processed like that and lose their fiber, they spike your insulin levels, which is carcinogenic. Studies show that's why you want to focus on the, uh, the non-starchy vegetables in the diet. And that's why the cruciferous vegetables in so many studies have been shown to have an anti-cancer effect. Your broccoli, cauliflower, bok choy, Brussels sprouts. Um, these types of things, kale, they've been shown to reduce the risk of prostate cancer, breast cancer, lung cancer. Um, and so those should be incorporated in the diet as much as one can. Uh, in terms of fruits, all the fruits have health benefits, uh, especially the berries seem to have, you know, more potent anti-cancer effects. Um, so we like people to increase their uh, consumption of berries in the diet. So mm -hmm. those are some of the generalities we see. Dairy products uh, seem to have some risk for uh, breast cancer uh, as well as prostate cancer in the diet. So people certainly can't go wrong by increasing their plant foods in the diet. Now, on the other hand, we've got very good research, large studies of hundreds of thousands of people also showing the Mediterranean diet, which is high in plant foods, but also has omega-3s, say from, you know, from fish, high in olive oil, of course. 
uh, that's been shown to have a very significant uh, protective effect in reducing your risk of cancer. A lot of studies show about, about, about 25% following a Mediterranean diet. But yes, there's some commonalities, certainly increasing the plant foods, getting out these processed meats, reducing the alcohol, staying away from the processed foods. These are a lot of the keys to an anti-cancer diet. All right, and we've got a little over five minutes. As I've often shared, it was easier for me to give up heroin and putting a needle in my arm than it was for me to give up chocolate and sweets. I went through worse withdrawal. So why did I go through withdrawal? And obviously I was giving up, you know, the pastas and the pizzas, so the the bread and the cheese and all of that. Why did I go through withdrawal? What kind of poisons were in my body? What made these things so addictive? Well, it's a good question, Michael. I've written about this in my newsletter. They actually have done published research now showing that foods high in sugar, foods high in fat, like saturated fat, they actually are extremely addictive, often more addictive than recreational or prescription drugs. And what they do is they actually stimulate short-term uh, neurotransmitter or the chemicals in our brain. Uh, it gives them quick boosts, like dopamine, which makes gives you kind of a sensation of accomplishing something, a, a good sensation. Serotonin, it boosts this chemical in your brain, which makes you feel good. But the problem is they boost it temporarily, and then it drops, and, and they drop lower than where the chemical started. So then you crave these foods more. Matter of fact, the uh, food industry, the packaged food industry has done studies on this and they actually include this into their planning, if you will, of the packaged foods they come out with, the amount of fat, the amount of salt, the amount of sugar. By spiking those levels, uh, they know that people become more addicted to foods, which is good for business because people get addicted to foods and they buy their their foods more. So this actually has been very well studied. And yeah, there's been studies out there showing these, these, uh, you know, sugars and artificial sweeteners and, and preservatives even high salt, high fat. Yeah. They are as addictive as things as, 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 as morphine, um, and recreational drugs that has been studied. And obviously the one thing that I found was that your taste buds will crave what you feed them. Uh, Nancy has pointed out that, that one reason she found it very harmful to have like a cheat day was not just that it opened up the desire for the old foods, but when you ate the old foods, suddenly the good foods didn't taste as good anymore. So it it does take a little while, but for me, uh, I don't, I don't crave eating the way I used to food plays a different role in my life, but I thoroughly look forward to my salads and fruits and different things that I eat. I, I thoroughly look forward to them and enjoy them. But even if I didn't enjoy them, the health benefits are such that just as a good steward over my body, I need to do this. And I was reading a book recently about keys to long-term mental health, and I was amazed to see the same thing, that, that healthy diet and regular exercise are the best things to, to prevent an onset of Alzheimer's or dementia or things like that or to work against it. So do your studies confirm that as well? Oh, absolutely. Many studies now show that uh, your dietary choices have a pronounced effect on Alzheimer's disease risk. In other words, we know people with the highest levels of omega-3 fatty acids, which you can get from you know plant foods and, and non-fish foods too, um, have amongst the lowest rates of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, a lot of what our brain cells are made up are these good fats and they're anti-inflammatory. Uh, reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, of course. I mean, over 25 years ago now, as it was shown, with heart CT scans, by going on a vegetarian-type diet, you can reduce plaque in your arteries significantly. Uh, cancer, of course, you talked about that. Even things you wouldn't think about, even conditions like anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, 
dietary studies have shown you can have a pronounced effect. So, you know, the number one thing, I think you wrote about this in your book, Michael, was the number one addiction in America is is foods. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, you know, it's interesting, we have centers for people addicted to recreational drugs, prescription drugs like opioids, which is a major epidemic in our country. The number one addiction are foods, uh, unhealthy foods. Yep. And, you know, how many centers do you see set up for that? Uh, but the average person walking into our clinic has, you know, one or more food addictions, which is causing problems for their energy, their mood, their relationships, and their risk of serious diseases down the road. Yeah, so friends, this is this is why it's so important to be holistic in our approach and to look at the whole person and how God made us and how he has designed us for health. Go to markstengler.com, markstengler, S-T-E-N-G-L-E-R.com. Sign up to get his monthly newsletter, his regular newsletter, and uh, you'll find it very rich, very exciting to read, all types of new things being discovered and and solid truths being reinforced. The new book, Dr. Mark Stengler, Dr. Paul Anderson, Outside the Box, Cancer Therapies. Obviously, for those of you dealing with cancer, it's an especially important book, but for all, it's a good read because it talks about long-term prevention as well. Hey, Dr. Stengler, thank you so much for everything you're doing uh, for your patients and for the church and for society as a whole. Much appreciated. Oh, thank you for having me on. My joy. All right, friends, we are out of time. Again, the book Nancy and I wrote, Breaking the Stronghold of Food. We have a Facebook page to encourage and help you. It's called We're Breaking the Stronghold of Food. So we invite you to join us there. And then make sure you're back with us for the next broadcast here on the Line of Fire. We'll open the scriptures together. We will grow in God together. You'll be challenged and you will be blessed. Be healthy and strong.